0: A quick search on Google shows the top three most popular religions around the world. Holding down the top spot with 2.1 billion members is Christianity. Next is Islam with 1.3 billion members, then Hinduism with over 850 million adherents. In each of these religions, certain core elements make up the backbone of that faith. Love thy neighbor, charitable giving, that kind of stuff. But in 1970s Bronx, New York, a new form of worship was becoming popular with the black youth and its four core elements were MCing, DJing, breakdancing, and graffiti writing. Hip hop is more than music, it's a culture and a lifestyle. My guest, Jimmy Smith, co-founder of Curators of Hip-Hop, works to preserve the culture and legacy of hip-hop through Curators' online catalog. Curators also works to develop and give exposure to rising stars in the hip-hop game. I'm Jason V, and this is Local Color. Ready, we can get started. I'm ready. Okay, cool. It was a cloudy but warm day when I met up with Jimmy at Druid Lake Park. I sat down on the rickety old picnic table someone dragged inside La Trobe Pavilion, a colorful wooden gazebo that used to be a service stop back when a railroad traveled through the park. Jimmy's no stranger to media interviews, so we started without any hesitation.
1: All right, and where are you from? I'm from Tallahassee, Florida.
0: Located on the Panhandle, Tallahassee is the capital of Florida and home to Florida A&M University, one of the nation's largest HBCUs. Growing up, a lot of us can't wait to leave our hometowns to travel. Jimmy, on the other hand, was perfectly fine staying in Tallahassee. It was a college town, which meant spring and fall were the busy seasons. Jimmy said living in a college town had its perks.
1: When it comes to Tallahassee, it's it's a college town. So you getting, uh, I'm in high school and I'm seeing, like I could go to the grocery store, my man, the grocery store, Publix, and see beautiful women that you all look at on these music videos every day as a high schooler. I worked in the mall selling cell phones. Like I seen more beautiful women at Publix or Walmart in Tallahassee in one night than I did my first year here in Baltimore. No no shade whatsoever.
0: Jimmy's happily married now. Still in high school, Jimmy had several encounters with a famous Florida musician. Back then, he wasn't so famous, but Jimmy knew he had something special.
1: I used to buy mixtapes from T-Pain, you know, when, um, when he was staying off of Ridge Road. His core group, um, those are my classmates. They were popping in Florida. They were a huge group in Florida. So T-Pain has always been a genius and where he is now just shows a testament of his dedication, work ethic. I knew he was gonna make it because he had the talent, he had the skills, he had the work ethic, and he had the hustle. You know, like everywhere I would go, you know, in the other little small t- cities and towns around um, Tallahassee, I was seeing working. At these clubs At these venues Like with the DJs Toting their records Like passing out his music By himself He's in the group He's doing this by himself In the clubs Right So when they would have a show He would be in the club With a rope Around his neck And on that rope I'm literally rope Not golding uh, Anything Like literally a rope Around his neck Attached to a spinning hood cap Like a 14 inch or 12 inch spinning hood cap And he would spin it in the club like just being you know just being silly being him so when he made it and then he started with the top hat thing that was just you know a, a maturation of the spinning cap. like you're gonna know who i am you're gonna be like who is this crazy kid walking around with a hug cap on his chest and then when i get on stage i'm gonna kill it you know what i'm saying like i, I remember times
0: jimmy went on to graduate from florida A and M university in 2009 Alumni have another name for it.
1: Is it FAMU or FAMU? Oh, my man, it's FAMU. Florida Agricultural uh, Mechanical University. FAMU.
0: After graduating, Jimmy accepted a job offer that required a move to Baltimore. The job was in media sales, basically selling advertising space in magazines, on TV and on billboards, that kind of stuff. Jimmy worked there for seven months and then left the company.
1: This particular company hired us because they had a problem with um, diversity. That's why they hired us. Um, They hired 14 people after six months. They fired 12 and said thank you for this internship. This was people's jobs fresh out of college and when they sent the letters they said thank you for this internship and I couldn't believe it when I started getting calls like yo did you get a letter? Like. Did they release you? I was like, no, I was lucky because um, the two leading salesmen was me. I was number two and my roommate at the time, who was here in Baltimore as well. but he didn't want the job, you know, so they kept me and they kept my business partner, who was in Hawaii because not only was he doing sales, but he was doing technical stuff on the television side in Hawaii. That was one reason. The other reason was politics, you know, my supervisor white guy it was cool and all but he would give deals to companies such as a Roofcrest that he wouldn't allow me to give to my clients you know or or even close to the type of you know uh race that i would be able to give to my clients i was bought here to bring in minority clients that's what i was bought here for it was disheartening it was really disheartening
0: everyone's had their own experience with office politics The minority experience often involves begrudgingly kowtowing to incompetence or white fragility. After talking some more about black people's struggles and dealing with white co-workers, I asked Jimmy where he got the idea for curators. While still at FAMU, Jimmy ran two TV shows with his friend and now business partner, Jermaine Fletcher. They were typical college station shows geared toward a minority audience, but a trip to Hawaii sparked the idea that would become curators.
1: Once we graduated, Jermaine went to Hawaii. He went to this event in Hawaii, and it was the The curators of Hawaiian culture, and um, they were just curating the culture, you know, the dances and all of this. And he thought it was a good idea for us to create something that grew from the shows we had in college. And he came up, it's totally Jermaine's idea. He came up with curators of hip hop. To be honest with you, I didn't know what a curator was when he said it. Uh, So, you know, he broke it down to me, and I was like, whoa, this is powerful. In
0: 2009, curators of hip hop was born. I asked Jimmy to dig a little deeper in what curators is all about.
1: What we do is um, very important, right? Because we're filmmakers, we do um, features on people. So we do five-minute features on people that's in the culture from each element, you know, of hip hop. So um, dance, graffiti, MC, mm-hmm. DJing, yeah. And the fifth element is knowledge. There are uh, positive people out here in the culture, and they're dope. You know as well because you know mainstream media likes to push um trash a lot of times it's important for us to do this and curate our culture you know because we don't want hip-hop to become like rock what do you mean by that rock was made by black people brother
0: okay i understand that but i thought you meant there, there was like some i guess Bastard! Well, I guess no,
1: no, no that's what you, that is what you're saying. That is what I'm saying. There ain't no sugarcoating and shit. <laughs> you looking at the Rock and Roll Awards and they mad because N.W.A. is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, get the fuck out of here. Everybody else is down there white. Right. You know, like, be for real.
0: When speaking of the work Curators does, Jimmy kept referencing one word,
1: balance. In that balance, we want authenticity. If Lil Yachty want to make music... That just says Dance, dance, shoot, shoot, bang, bang Then he can make that You know Like I'm not against it That's just like me saying I would be against gangster rap or I only love Backpack rappers We need it all in hip hop But what we don't need is People like Iggy Azalea who's coming over here And has an Australian accent but trying to rap Like she's a black girl
0: Iggy Azalea has been a cultural pinata ever since she came on the music scene. The black community was almost unanimous in their shunning of her lyrics and style, feeling it was a complete mockery of hip-hop. Add to that the cultural significance of colonialism and cultural appropriation, and you get a very slippery slope. However, some critically acclaimed artists are calling out popular acts for their bastardization and appropriation of music and culture. I was reading a piece on this, because you know how you know the hit songs this year were was Controller and One Dance with Drake. They called that instead of calling that dance hall, they call it like Tropical Pop. <laughs> and, uh, and and Sean Paul I feel like 21st century dance hall legend mm-hmm. he was interviewed by I think a, a, a music publication and he was like I don't get why they're calling this shit tropical pop like Drake and Justin Bieber are taking the culture they're taking dancehall hall tunes and they're not paying respect to the originators of it and granted i mean while the iggy azaleas and justin Biebers of the music industry are catching flack for appropriating musical styles in the underground or less mainstream hip-hop world mcs have been pulled up for going so far as to copy a rapper's rhyming style a cardinal sin in hip-hop in our talk about azalea action bronson came up for those unaware action bronson is a rapper from queens new york Older hip-hop fans and even older MCs have accused Bronson of biting Ghostface Killah's style, but some younger fans of hip-hop don't even know who Ghostface is. To Jimmy, that's something that needs to be corrected.
1: So when you have an Action Bronson coming through and sounding just like Ghostface, it's like, who is Ghostface? So being authentic and curating the coaches is very important to us so people can know the history and can know the future of where this things going.
0: With the conversation on Bronson, I had to put the heat on Jimmy. Since its birth on Sedgwick Avenue in the 1970s, hip-hop has been under fire for its homophobic and misogynist lyrics. When Action Bronson first came on the scene, he released a track called Consensual Rape, a storytelling-type song in the vein of Slick Rick where Bronson loosely details the drugging, torture, sexual assault, murder, and subsequent post-mortem violation of a prostitute. Action, of course, came under fire for the lyrics and the perception that he hates women. The backlash caused Bronson to issue an apology and stressed that at the end of the day, it's just music. I then asked Jimmy if Curator's job also includes curating out hurtful and transgressive lyrics in hip-hop. His response?
1: No. No, that's like saying, give me a soda, but I don't want any sugar in it. That's like saying, "Um, I want to play football, but I don't want to hear the guys cursing.
0: Jimmy offered a compelling counterpoint to the argument that hip-hop should be censored, or we should rally against transgressive lyrics.
1: The first person that that made me listen to lyrics was Trick Daddy. My uncle picked me up from school because I was being bad. And we listened to all types of music. But in the hook, and I say this everywhere I go. This is just the hook. Back in the days, wasn't no A's. Wasn't for a boy to get a straight fade, but not no more. Niggas done twist up the fro, let it lock and grow. Quit to go to gunplay, about that flow. Boy, you don't know. That's just the hook. That hook is saying more than a lot of these young rappers now saying in their whole fucking songs. Back in the days It wasn't no A's It wasn't enough For a boy To get a straight fade Like you know People used to fight But not no more Niggas done Locked up oh, They straight fro
0: fade like Shoot me a fair one Yeah okay,
1: okay Yeah You know but And then like um, But not no more Niggas done locked up They fro Let it twist and grow You know we got Dreads in Florida Now they, get, they go To gunplay About that though Now they shooting Boy you don't know That's the hook I understood that coming from where I was from Because I was living in the projects at the time You know And then when I moved to Tallahassee The school I went to I saw my first drive by my first week in school My first week in school in Tallahassee Was the first time I seen a dude Hit a girl And Listen My first week in Tallahassee was crazy as shit I'm used to What Trick is talking about So he's able to reach me where I am Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff, like that nigga, don't live in my neighborhood. You understand what I'm saying? So we can't take out the gangster rap because it reaches somebody. I work with kids.
0: To Jimmy, it's either all okay or none of it is. Again, Jimmy stressed that curators isn't here to police hip hop, but as far as curators goes,
1: all we doing at curators of hip hop is making sure it's balanced. So we really highlight the positive MCs because the negative shit got enough lanes to go through. We're just making lanes for these positive brothers. You know what I'm saying? So prime example, Logic. We were the first to ever interview Logic. He's in our documentary. Fucking blown up now. You know, love, peace, and prosperity. And all his fans that come to his shows, that's what they go by. They fucking love him. You know? D1, Mission Vision. You know what I'm saying? Be real, be righteous, be relevant. Like, D1 is in our documentary. We highlight him, we feature him on our website. His fan base is growing now. Pre from Hawaii, you know, positive artist. He was just on Hip Hop DX yesterday. You know, people are just getting on him now. So, what we do is we look to find these positive MCs that are dope, who can hold their own, and who should be around, and who, who's gonna be around for a while as long as they don't give up to give them a lane, to give them a platform to stand on and to give people like you and I um, an opportunity to find them.
0: Jimmy and Jermaine don't work on curators alone though. They have global reach through their ambassadors.
1: From Asia to Hawaii to Houston, and these are people that um, just come along and, and want to be a part of our movement and what we have going on. People we meet at shows you know, that we do, people we meet at symposiums that we put on, and people who just want to be involved in highlighting um, the type of artists that we highlight, you know, so.
0: For the majority of the black community, hip-hop has been the soundtrack to political and social upheaval. Many blacks today believe the U.S. is on the cusp of a major change in the areas of black identity and intellectualism. The rise of the black nerd is apparent and unflinching. I asked Jimmy if he felt hip-hop would play a pivotal role in this paradigm shift like it did in the 80s and 90s.
1: Hell yeah. Kendrick Lamar proved that when he won Grammys for this album. You know that was that was social social consciousness. You got a lot of young people who are listening to music now who um, don't want to hear the dumb shit. Hip hop is a way in order to get messages out, and it's always been it's always been even from the music. You know, um, the the music has always been something that we as um, Africans. African-Americans, minorities have been able to use from, you know, way back in the days to the churches, to the, the cotton fields, to Public Enemy, you know, to Kendrick Lamar. to. Uh,
0: it's undeniable that hip-hop has been and will continue to be a dominating force in the thoughts and minds of listeners who believe change is coming. For every congressman or church deacon who preaches that hip hop is the devil and what's wrong with the black community, scores of fans and listeners pack concert venues to support a cultural revolution birthed in the U.S. of A. Jimmy and the curator's crew are busy as ever since the catalog's founding in 2009.
1: Man, we got a lot of stuff going on, but most importantly... um this documentary so we just updated our documentary we're looking to and the documentary is the curators volume one the story of independence where we followed two artists for three and a half years to show the grind that it takes in order to make it in the music industry and those artists is Pre from Hawaii and um, Logic from Maryland um, we met both of them in the beginning of their careers like I said we were the first people to ever interview Logic and you know you see where he is now if you don't know Uh, who Logic is, look him up, you know, he's a biracial kid, looks white, so the white fans, you know, they they flock to him like crazy, just did Barclay, you know, he sells fucking $25 Rubik's cues at his shows, like, who does that, and when we met him, he was homeless living in someone's basement, so it's important for us to show the grind that it takes in order to make it in the industry, because a lot of people think it's, it's, uh, it's all about having one hot song, and it's not just that, you can be famous, but will you be successful, um so that's one thing we got going on Where we're finishing um we're we're wrapping up the doc then we're shopping it so hopefully someone picks it up you know netflix revolt whoever you know um but it will be out by the end of the year and then what else we got going on we'll be at a3c this year talking about hip-hop and social activism working on our next doc which is hip-hop and social activism i'm going to tallahassee tomorrow to speak on it um um, in Tallahassee We got Two of these colleges, man it's Putting on shows and working with good people
0: If you want to learn more about Curators of Hip Hop
1: You can get in contact with us By shooting us an email Curatorsofhiphop at gmail.com Once again, that's Curatorsofhiphop at gmail.com Facebook, Curators of Hip Hop um, Social media Uh, The C-O-H-H, that's Twitter, Instagram, every every other social media platform is T-H-E-C-O-H-H.
0: Curators also sponsors and hosts a lot of events around the city. At the time of the interview, they had another successful Baltimore Beat Club, a monthly gathering of local MCs and producers to showcase their skills and get down with other hip-hop heads. This week's episode of Local Color was written, produced, hosted, and edited by me, Jason V. I'm also the founder and so far the only person working on Local Color. Find Local Color on Instagram and like Local Color on Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to Local Color on iTunes so you can get those push notifications when new episodes drop. While you're on iTunes, please, please, please leave a review and a rating for the podcast, even if it's one star. I'm Jason V, and I'll be back with more Local Color.